0: And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, Episode 190, uh, Season 3, Episode 10, uh, coming at you this Saturday. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. I'm back. The returning MC. Woo! Uh, and since this is your call-in show for the week, 303 335 or 303 That's 303 335 or 303 um, if you missed it, it doesn't matter. Cause you're not going to call anyway. So what is going on with you MC? It's been like, what, three weeks, brother. Where have you been?
1: I've been traveling. No, I went to, uh, uh, a seminar. that was pretty enlightening. Um, and actually that's what I want to start with uh, is, is something that somebody else got. I'm going to read it off of Facebook. Uh, it's one of my new friends. um, so I'm just gonna read it. it. Says okay. The biggest the biggest lesson I learned here is not to force anything. Conversations, friendships, relationships, attention, love, anything force is just not worth fighting for. Whatever flows, flows. Whatever crashes, crashes. It is what it is. And I said, wow, that's that's kind of beautiful. Um, I mean, obviously you can you know poke holes in that and, and uh, you know take you know overanalyze it and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, but i said that's steep
0: apply that to political views that's where a lot of those people go off the rocker man Uh, exactly (laughs) (laughs) but he
1: but he was he's he's a smart guy he says laugh out loud if that's the case we'd have no politics
0: great (laughs) sweet
1: (laughs) one of them exactly see
0: one of them finally gets the message
1: no he understands it but he he but he's not internalizing it like as if that would be a good thing um and so then i gave him the, the philosophy of liberty basically nice um and he says wow you sound like a libertarian like well duh <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um it's 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 wonderful when people uh get get that message and understand okay what i want for myself is freedom and liberty and and i don't want to force anything on anybody else and i don't want anybody to force things on me because you know things are just better when when we just get along and you know and if you don't want to be around that person then then don't be around them and, you know you don't have to uh uh you know force them to uh stay on one side of a border or or whatever it is you know you can uh you can have what's yours, and they can have what's theirs, and uh, and peacefully coexist. Um, and if you don't want to do business with them, do business with somebody else. And uh, yeah, just I mean on and on. Um, and and it's it's a good way for, for, for everybody to get along or, or not get along. You know, there's there's no
0: violence involved. If you're not yeah, forced, Even somebody. if you don't get along, you just yeah. don't interact. Yeah.
1: Um. So. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was wonderful, and um, the seminar I went to, I thought it was wonderful. the The book that they actually gave us It's called <laughs> the, Path, "The Path to Liberty." I'm like, well, heck, I'm right, <laughs> right at home here. I mean, this, Almost. This, <laughs> this is going to be good. So, uh, um, and so I, I think for me, uh, I did learn that uh, having people first commit. To individual liberty might be more important than, than political liberty, um, so I'm going to try to use that. I mean, not not just today, but um, going forward as as a way to connect with people and more people libertarians. Um, so hopefully it works. I think it's a it's a great goal. I'm af- after the seminar. Um, uh, you told me that uh, you were excited and you had all those, you know, endorphins and stuff flowing and uh, you know, you, you used the word you got your fix. Yes. Um, for, for me, um, I completely understood what they were getting at. And uh, even though I'm still practicing, um, what I got out of it was complete peace and calm and understanding and, and, uh, so not so much the, uh, excitement and, uh, emotional overflow, but, um, but complete freedom for myself. And, and, and it's a little bit different for me because, uh, as you know,
0: um, I don't work, so I don't have to, uh, show that, up. That makes you sound unemployed. You should just say retired. <laughs> mm, yes. I choose to do whatever I want. <laughs>
1: And, and I, and I, I've used that word retired, but it's for, for some people, when you say that, that means you gave up Oh, really? and I, yeah, retired means you're, you're just, you know, (laughs) living off of your, uh, you know, past, uh, abundance and, and that's it. And that's, and that's not my, that's not my goal. I mean, there's, there's things that I want to do. Um, I have, I have goals and, you know, I want to help the rest of the world. Uh, experience what I experienced, which is total okay. freedom and you know no fear of uh,
0: not being able to eat and that kind
1: of stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't. I don't think I've ever received the "I'm retired" co- uh, you know phrase as a as a giving up. Like that's that's new. That's new to me. When I hear people say I'm retired, it's you know that they're they're done, right? That they've they've gotten to a point where they can enjoy more leisure time. Like my mom and my sure. stepdad are retired. Right. My mom's been retired for like thirty years. It feels like. Yeah, yeah,
1: but um, well, it it has to do with how much you have to offer, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, I what re, um, if I said I was retired, that means I would no longer be trying to, uh, uh, uh help, um, change change the system or, um, okay, stuff like that. So. Okay. It would, you know, retirement would just be per- just personal enjoyment and, and yeah, uh, your time and stuff like that, and and that's not what I want people to think of me, you know. Okay. I don't want people to think I'm lazy and just sitting around uh, playing video games. You know, sometimes I do that, but um, you know, I I have, exa- I I have things I got to do, man. <laughs> okay. No, I got you. I can't be re- it can't be called retirement. I got things to do. <laughs> okay.
0: I I'm trying to think of a new phrase for it then because. Like like I said, when when you say I don't work, like in my mind, that triggers more of an unemployment thing than a I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm giving back type of a thing. Like no, no, sure. I don't work, right? Oh, you're you're on the dole then, you know, type of a thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I I hear your point. I got you. I'm receiving it. I just I got to yeah. think of a better. I word mean, then.
1: yeah, and there's lots of you know discussion we can have on that. You know, what is you know. do do people really want a job
0: or do they want meaningful uh, well okay so let me let let me ask Uh, you this question real quick let me ask you this question real quick then just to kind of see how you put how you put this into perspective um did bill gates retire from microsoft to indulge in his philanthropic endeavors um. <laughs> no, I, don't know, I ask him. <laughs> well, you no, know, no, because a, I think uh, I think a lot of people would say Bill Gates is retired. He, re, you know, he was the CEO of Microsoft for a very long time, and then retired, right? But everyone knows he's not done contributing, right? He's got, you know, he's sure, got his sure. foundation, he's got his philanthropic things that he does. So he's by no means done giving back or even, you know, bringing in. Um But I don't do. But I, I would think most people say he's retired from Microsoft, at least, right? So re- retired sure. from a nine to five yeah. job, maybe, but not, but not done living. I guess I don't know. I don't even, see. That's the thing. What would you, what would you call him? Yeah. Because you're so kind of you're on the, the same path. The only you're... reason
1: I bring it up is because you know everybody has their own kind of view of what retirement is. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that that I am just I just want to sit around in my hot tub, you know. Okay. <laughs> That's fair.
0: You're exploring other mm. entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah, definitely. I like uh, when M talks about it. She says I'm self-employed, but right now that means she's unemployed. because <laughs> <like, laughs> we moved and like if, I got a job, you know. So I'm employed, but she's like she's a consultant and you know has her own business. Uh, if you're not bringing but, any 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 income in or any funds in. Uh, then you're not not really self employed. Well yeah, but that it sounds you're, better than you're, unemployed. You're,
1: you're, yeah. You you're working on
0: it. <laughs> yeah, and she is. She once, had she had once, some clients. Once it starts
1: Yeah, once it starts coming in, then you're then you're self employed. Yeah.
0: She she got some clients yesterday, so we're finally like, you know, uh, first stage of like a rocket launch type of a thing. Oh yeah. She got her website up, got some business cards printed out, talked to some people, went to some meetings. So but, you know, when I first got here, like, oh, like, what do you guys do? I'm like, fucking nothing right now. <laughs> There's a lot I can do. <laughs> but right now, nothing. We wake up in the morning and then just sit around on the floor because we don't even have furniture yet. You know, that changed that. We, you know, we got all our stuff. But for, you know, when we first started going to hang out with people, that, that was kind of it. And now I'm uh, now I'm in, now I'm double employed again. And she's, you know, working on launching her thing. But yeah, but ne- never, you know, never, not retired, you know, not unemployed, just, you know, working on it between jobs. I like working on it. I think I say working on it a lot. Is that thing done yet? Working on it. We need the food up to the hot plate. Working on it. Did someone go check the mail? Working on it. It's always, yeah, that's, that's my default response for a lot of the things. Did that order go out? Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> There was one time at the old restaurant I was working at. My, my boss like said like, uh, "Did we miss that?" Like, we, like he thought we missed a ticket. He's like, "Did we miss that ticket?" Like, no, just we didn't do it. You know? He's like, "Well, doesn't that count as a miss?" I'm like, "No, because it's like so far down the line, man. Like we we didn't do it yet. How's that? We didn't do it yet because we didn't get that far. We're not we're not on that ticket yet. You're you're getting ahead of yourself." He's like, "Well, sounds like a miss to me." I'm like, "How's that a miss?" you're misinterpreting what I said. We just didn't do it yet. So, yeah. I can see how people will interpret things differently. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, I feel... Uh, after after the seminar, I feel totally... Uh, totally free or, you know... Much more than I w- was before. Um, yes. So, before I was you know so worried and and of course we could go on and on about all the 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 flaws of government and we do that um but the way i feel is is totally free at the moment um and almost to the point that uh like uh, i watched the, the the Paul the Apostle movie and i didn't i've never read the bible i don't really know the bad stories that are in there so much okay um so paul was a a christian murdering fellow <laughs> <laughs> sure and uh met jesus and and uh he was welcomed and uh you know became an apostle and and uh and even when he was in prison um he made it sound like you know this was not an accident it was his choice to come here yeah and and uh so even when he was being beaten and in prison, he was still, you know, free to uh, uh, make connections with other people, and and uh, and that's where he wrote his letters and and uh, and uh, talked to the the jailer, and and uh, you know, really made history. I mean, it's you know sure. his uh, his uh, his his peace <laughs> and love lived lived on. You know uh past his life even um so so yeah that's that's kind of how i feel now i feel like even even if something bad happened um that i would still be uh at peace with it and uh and (laughs) nobody could bring me down (laughs) this is (laughs) that's the way i feel right now right now yeah that's what i'm saying tomorrow next month you know might be right back to the grind and that's (laughs) when you it's when you Uh. need a fix
0: that's when you'll need a fix. That's what I'm talking. That's what I was talking about ahead, before that. Because man, it always it, it's it's an amazing thing. It always feels it's an environment of goodness. Sure, that's yeah. hard to it's hard to pull away from. Uh, yeah. I think I downloaded that movie. I just didn't get around to watching it yet. Maybe it'll, I'll bump it up to the top of my list. One sure. of the things I want. This is something I, we've talked about it in person. And we may have mentioned it on the show before. Because um, like t- to me. There's like my anarchist friends and then like my seminar friends, and narrated the two shall meet, which is unfortunate because, you know, like we talked about, you know, like I said before, you know, beforehand, was a lot of the material that's covered in the seminar would lead one to, should lead one to a philosophy of self empowerment and self liberty and freedom and self-responsibility and all that things. Right. And then, you know, and and but I've I've been through I've been in some, right, where they they go through all this, self-empowerment, you know, uh, uh intellectual liberty, you know, all that all that stuff and then they go which is so why it's important to get out there and vote for your favorite candidate. And I go, <laughs> "Whoa! <laughs> fucking okay. missed the point entirely." 100% true.
1: And what I thought was so funny was uh, in the exercises or the events that we had, nobody voted. At one point, somebody says, we vote on this guy to be our leader. And everybody looked at her like, we ain't got time for that shit. And we didn't. <laughs> you know, there's a time limit on that shit. It's like, uh, yeah, we'll be fine with, uh, without voting. And and I don't know why other people don't see it that way. Nobody voted on the leaders. The leaders stood up and say. I know how to do this. Listen to me. And people were like, okay, you know, nice. (laughs) I don't, I don't know everything. And, uh, this guy, you know, he says he knows the answer to this problem. Uh, let's, let's follow him. And, uh, and, uh, and everybody just did and, and no voting required. Um, so I, so I thought that was wonderful. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing how how people uh want to give up uh well t- to give rights that they don't have to others. So that's the whole philosophy of authority.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the other weird thing not not seminar related but the the weird thing about being here, right? Like I made them I knew what I was getting into. Like this, this is not like a surprise to me. I'm not shocked about it. Um, but when I, when I moved uh, to New Hampshire um, as part of the free state project and I've, you know, slowly and surely uh, been integrating myself into that community, uh, which I will say, dude, so much bigger than just me, you and Andy hanging out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's a clubhouse for this shit. Uh, I, don't, I don't know and, how much I can talk about it. And that's
1: kind of what I want in Hawaii. I want. <laughs> I, I feel like if I make Clubhouse, people will come because you know what? We're awesome and people want to be around us. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just psycho and, you know, <laughs> maybe I really don't fit in uh, in, in socialist Hawaii. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I have a feeling that that people want it and based based on on the <clears throat> seminar people really want freedom they just haven't linked the two together like yeah like that's the that's the point i was getting yeah is good for everybody you
0: know? that's that's the problem that's that's one of the reasons why i said there needs to be more people like us ta- you know getting into that com- integrating into that community um and like spreading that message and i i know i'm not the right person to do that Um, just because I'm antagonistic and, you know, one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why this show works for me is because I, I can be an asshole. Uh, but you know, I, I tried my best to like, to get in and like, Oh yeah, let's talk about you and what you want. Here's the solutions. Um, and then just go like, no, I'm like my candidates better, you know, type of thing. And I go, man, you guys did. Am I the only one that heard the personal responsibility part of that lecture? (laughs) You know, (laughs) did I, did you guys miss that whole part of like how this works? Um, but yeah, but like you said, they seem to want it, right? The, the book that they give you is like the path to liberty. Everyone wants it. Um, they even they like they even give you like here's here's how you get it. Uh, yeah and then and but then they want to vote. like they want to they, they need to make it political. And so with the, yeah. the the transition I was making to like the community here is, you know, on election night, right there was like a party It's like, all right, we're we're gonna go to the clubhouse. And we're going to, like, fucking watch the election results and fucking party it up. Like, woo, like a celebration that, you know, that a handful of Libertarian candidates and, and Free State Project members got uh, elected or reelected uh, back into office. And mm-hmm. I, I dipped out early, you know, because you know, I like I went, you know, I, I took some pie over there because it was a potluck type of deal. And they had some, uh, you know, I had some dinner, uh, talked to some people. And then once, once the election results started to, like, to roll in, I was like, ah man, I got to get out of here. Cause people are getting way too excited about this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I even, um...
1: uh, I, I, I hear you. Um, but I think, um, for me, I, like I said, I, I'm coming from a peace uh, from a place where I'm, I'm totally at peace. So it's like, I don't, I don't feel violated that there's, you know, people that are electing people. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. And, uh, you know things things like uh okay so my my car i need to register it um it's expired uh, yep. that's frustrating but um i don't know i pay you uh, tribute sir i guess uh i i i guess i have to keep my my focus on the here and now and 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 what i'm satisfied with and yeah and uh that's it it, it to me i feel like it's making me a more productive person because i'm not i'm not inwardly focused i'm outwardly focused and yeah. uh so yeah i think you know i think by doing that i think i'll make the right connections so for example um we had a little get together the other day this this guy was uh telling me his his struggles finding employment while he was trying to use the techniques from the basic seminar. Okay. And, and so he basically went into a, to a, a job interview and they is and they said, so what, what thing, what, what qualifies you to get the job? Why do you think you're going to get this job? And he's like, well, because I intend to. And they're looking at him <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right so that so the energy he's coming from is an internal inward thing like well i need this job i intend to get this job and i'm going to do whatever i have to do to get it well obviously (laughs) but you know if you're a little bit more outward focused you'd be thinking what what does what does this person need that i'm talking to you know (laughs) yeah what can i do for you you know just ask (laughs) like i don't know like tell me how i can you know benefit your company i think you know and then say this is some of the stuff i've done in the past um so yeah it's it's uh yeah having having the right energy uh oh that, that's what I, i'm sorry <laughs> get back on go, track to what i, was, about what yeah. I was doing <laughs> oh my goodness so so he's telling this story and and i'm like okay obviously you don't get it yet you don't understand and i don't need to be around your energy, there's no, there's no way I'm going to convince this guy uh, that um, he's using the principles wrong, that uh, he's inward focused and, and all this stuff. So I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, man, that's great. You know, you will get there. Some positive encouragement and uh, and you know, move on to the next person. That you know could you know possibly benefit the world and so and so then i talked to a, another woman that was you know talking about uh you know relationships and love and uh and how and how she uh, uh feels now compared to how she did before and and her message was was so much more positive and powerful um and so by switching my attention um that that came out right <laughs> yeah Uh and so that's, I think, uh, having having that ability to just stay outward focused instead of trying to, you know, uh, you know solve this guy's problem, <laughs> you know? um,
0: right. Uh,
1: so anyway, it works. It
0: works. Right. It can work. I mean, yeah. So here's here's the dichotomy for me when it comes to stuff like that, right? Because that that's you know that's that's how they. That's how they teach it in the seminar, right? And then we come to, we come to election season again, right? And then you got some uh, uh, graduates who want Republican, and you got some graduates who want Democrat, and you got like one graduate who wants a Libertarian, and then you got me who's like, "Fuck, what's wrong with all you guys? Did you miss the point of the class again?" Anyway, great right. So I I called it. I've described it as like the screen of the mind battle, right? Cause obviously only one candidate is going to win, right? And you have these, these three groups of people with very clear intentions on what they hope will happen, but, <laughs> but only one of them is, is going to win, right? So I'm like screen of the mind battle whose intentions are more clear. Is it candidate Republican, candidate Democrat, or candidate libertarian? obviously I'm going to lose this one. Like that's, I'm clear about losing this one. So we're not even going to worry about that. Uh, but, uh, but like you said, it's, it's, it's a, it's a misinterpretation, um, of the lesson, right? It's, it's not, you, it, it's one thing to declare your intentions. Uh, it's another thing to watch it manifest itself into reality somehow. So to, to walk into an interview and to go like, well, my intention is to get this job. Uh, no, your goal is to get this job, right? You're, you're, you we'll find out what your intentions are because if your intentions were to get this job, uh, you wouldn't be declaring it, you know, to the interviewer, you'd be doing whatever it takes to make sure that they hire you. And like you said, MC, if that's, you know, finding out what their needs are and being able to fill their needs as a company, um, you know, that's, that's, that would be more on point with, uh, proving your intentions are clear as, uh, as opposed to just declaring what your intentions are. Cause we'll see, right. His intent, his intention was not to get the job. His intention was to, you know, uh, practice the techniques and fail. Right. right. And how do we know this? Cause that's what his results were. Um, you know, it, it was funny last night I was, you know, uh, working at the restaurant and, um, one of the supervisors or managers, um, that I interviewed with initially, like I had my first interview with came into the kitchen and she, you know, she was like helping out and she started talking to me like, you know, uh, you know, what's your name? What are you doing? How you like the job so far? And like, she totally didn't recognize me at all. You know? And then she's like, well, I'm not, I'm not from around here. I'm like, I'm not from around here either. And she's like, Oh, where are you from? And I said, Hawaii. She's like, Oh, you. I was like, yeah, I look much better in the suit, don't I? <laughs> you know, because because <laughs> I wore a suit to the job interview because I was interviewing for a management position, right? And then I get the job, and I'm just a cook, right? So I, I show up in like in my my t shirt, like my designated t shirt with my name tag on and my hat. I got all my piercings back in. I grew my goatee back out. So you know, I look like an employee, you know, not like a candidate. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's like, my intention was to get the job, you know, and now that I've got the job, my intention is to go back to being who I am, you know, in, in ordinary life. But I just, I thought that was funny. Like it took her a minute to realize that she was talking to me, um, uh, because it wasn't even like, I, I took the job as a cook, as a second job, I think, because uh, they kind of foobarred my interview. Um, but I interviewed for a management position. I was supposed to be like, you know, the assistant, uh, assistant kitchen manager or whatever, whatever that happens to be. Um, and it, yeah, so like my intention was to, you know, my, my intention was to get a job and I, I went above and beyond that and got two. and it's funny cause there's another dude in the kitchen who I have a lot of respect for in the kitchen. And, you know, knowing that there was an assistant manager position open, I'm like, dude, why did you not apply for that? Right? Like, you know, every time I hear he's a kind of abrasive cat, but every time he talks, he makes valid points. And I hear what he says and I go, yeah, that's a very good point. Like that should be how it's done. That's, you know, um, but he does it in such a, in like, like me in such an, an antagonistic way, right. The last night he got like pulled off to the side, you know, he, one of the other cooks was like, oh no, he's in detention again. Like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, look, he's getting to talking to, um, just for, just for valid comments that he was making on the line. Um, about scheduling and responsibilities, you know, and so like, you know, and so he came back and he's like, no, I'm, I'm okay now. And then he went back to like, just fucking buttering bread for the most part. But, you know, it's just one of those things where he's got the, he's got the ideas and the skills, right. To, to be in the same position as the supervisor who's like, you know, reprimanding him. Um, but it's come from the attitude, right. The, that internal is that the way I want to phrase it? His internal focus is just more on him and how what's going on around him is affecting him rather than how can I present these ideas in a way that will actually affect change in the restaurant or in the community or at the polls or whatever you happen to be. Uh, But I think it does start, you know, like you said, internally focused and on you. And it could be one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons why, um, uh, individual anarchism is a way to go and agorism is a way to go because it doesn't require voting. So like, you know, I, like I said, I, I left this, you know, I left the, the party, the, the voter turnout party, um, you know, a, a little early and I went, man, I, there's gotta be the, how do I find more people like me within this group of almost people like me? Um, so I started, uh, like another, like a splinter group, I'll call it. Um, on Facebook cause, and on mines, I, I put one up on mines too. Cause like, you know, mines is where it's at now. Um, uh, but it, it, it's basically, you know, it's basically uh, a group within a group for the people who are part of the project, right. Who, who recognize that, you know, individual liberty is where it's at and we don't really need, um, representatives or voting or anything like that. And it's based on, I think it's a Heinlein quote, uh to paraphrase you know if the laws are tolerable i will tolerate them and if they are not tolerable i will break them um because i i am free no matter no matter the laws around me and i like that attitude more so than i like you know um ballot initiatives you know and and voting for the right candidate <laughs> so so when it comes to, you know when it comes to that kind of stuff i was like well you know um like the reason the reason i strap in my seatbelt in my car now uh, is because the fucking car beeps at me, not because I want, not because I feel safe or anything like that. I just don't like the annoying beeping sound. You know, I dro- I drove for years in Hawaii with a broken seatbelt. I don't know if they- they're selling my Cadillac and I don't know if they know the seatbelt doesn't work. <laughs> I got to <laughs> text my sister or maybe they fixed it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I used, I used to tuck it under my belly fat just so it looked like I was wearing it so I wouldn't get pulled over, but there was no safety aspect there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't for that. And at night when the cops couldn't see in the car, I didn't even wear it at all because it didn't beep at me. Uh, But now the car I'm driving fucking beeps at me if I drive more than 20 feet with the seatbelt off. So I just, you know, I wear it to shut the car up, not because I'm worried about what the state will do. You know, I'll tuck it under my belly again if I want to. Get under my belly. But yeah, so new new Facebook group, you know, for, for the... For those who are who don't want to be governed at all and refuse to be governed um, by representatives elected, appointed, or otherwise, trying to assume control. MC. <laughs> well, we got about twenty-five. Oh. Jesus, really? Twenty-five left. All right, we can get a deadlines then. Sure. Shoots. Oh man, that was the other thing. So, <laughs> so it slipped out right like i don't i don't speak pidgin very well or very often
1: <laughs> i was telling but, somebody there's there's actually a, a bible written in pidgin oh my goodness you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to understand anything that's going on it's just like jesus is good man that's
0: you know over and over and over so i so, i bring that i bring that up only because i got, i was sitting at work the other day and it was me and this other guy you know working in the office and like, he's got, he's a bigger guy and he's got like a full beard. And I, like I said, I grew my goatee out. And this lady walks in and, you know, she's, she's taken it back by our presence. And she, uh, she says like, oh, what, what happened to the sweet girls that used to work here? I went, I oh, don't know. They thought it'd be more better to have two dudes doing customer service. And I went, oh shit, it slipped. And she went more better. Like, what is, what is that? I like, don't worry <laughs> about it. That was interesting. All right. Headline. <laughs> <laughs> Headlines. Ayn Rand and the trouble with treating moral intolerance as a virtue. Uh, headline. Alexander Scholznitz I can never say that right. Forgotten lessons on good and evil. Headline. DC bureaucrats are trying to make parents get a license to let children play together. Uh, this is fun. Fucking ballot initiatives. Headline, Florida voters pass an initiative that simultaneously bans office vaping and offshore drilling. Headline, why do we need a national security state? And finally, headline, three reasons parents shouldn't force their kids to share toys. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Anywhere is good. All right, let's do Florida ballot initiatives, because this is, this is the thing, right? This is the type of shit that people will vote for, right? And then... The, and. And why, 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 why? Florida voters passed an initiative that simultaneously bans office vaping and offshore drilling. This is, this is government at work. Uh, defying expectations, Florida's Amendment 9 ballot initiative to ban both offshore drilling and vaping in offices has passed with a commanding 68% of the vote. If you are wondering what kind of signature gathering campaign produced such a garbled initiative, the answer is none. Instead, Amendment 9 was cobbled together by the state's Constitution Revision Commission. Created back in the 60s, the CRC is made up of 36 unelected commissioners, appointed by the governor, who gets to pick 15, and the leaders of the Florida House and Senate, who each appoint 9, and the Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court, who chooses three commissioners. Confused enough, uh, the Attorney General also sits on the CRC as the 37th and only elected member. Meeting... Every 20 years, the CRC is tasked with coming up with new constitutional amendments, which, upon approval by the body, go straight to the voters, no questions asked. Not wanting to waste this rare opportunity, this year's CRC initially drafted some 20 amendments to place on the ballots. When concerns arose that this might confuse or fatigue voters, the CRC decided to condense these 20 initiatives into seven even more confusing measures. In addition to vaping and oil drilling. This is ridiculous. In addition to vaping and oil drilling, Florida voters were asked to decide on ballot questions that combine issues like death benefits for military spousals and state university funding, Amendment 7, as well as high-speed rail retroactively for statutorily reduced criminal penalties and the ability of foreign residents to own property, Amendment 11. The prevailing view leading up to the election day was that these confusing ballot initiatives would get crushed. Instead, they all won handily. The (laughs) herculean efforts of proponents to squeeze both seemingly unrelated issues into one coherent narrative helped get Amendment 9 over the finish line. Amendment 9 offers voters an opportunity to speak up against big oil and tobacco companies in a unified voice. Not off our shores, not in our public places, uh, wrote two members of this cycle's CRC for Florida daily news site, tcpalm.com. Other papers seemed almost happy at the efficiency gains of having two obviously correct positions bundled together. Amendment 9 may be the silliest combination of all, combining a ban on nearshore oil drilling with a ban on using e-cigarettes in workplaces. Fortunately, both have merit, wrote the Orlando Sentinel's editorial board. More log-rolling by the Constitution Revision Commission, but with no apparent harmful effects, concluded Fort Lauderdale's Sun Sentinel. As a cautious fan of ballot initiatives, I'm not so cheery. The idea behind taking issues directly to the people is that it allows voters to bypass the machinations of state legislatures, which are often out of step with popular opinion and motivated by incentives other than serving their constituents. Amendment 9 violated the spirit of the ballot initiative concept by asking voters to ratify a backroom deal that they had no part in putting together. What reforms might be necessary to prevent this kind of log rolling by the CRC in the future is a good question. It's something Floridians can ponder as they're forced to step outside for a quick vape break. Uh, So your your thoughts on this article, uh, bundling them together, and also ballot initiatives in general. MC?
1: Wow. Wow. Um,
0: actually I heard about it that the that the Florida
1: ballot initiatives were like combined uh things that shouldn't be combined it's just
0: No man I, you get to you get to take a shot at big no, oil I mean, and tobacco at the same time that's a combined initiative
1: I can't I can't imagine anybody like typing this out and saying okay this is what people are going to vote on now like I, like <laughs> Like even like even if voting was a good way of doing things, which it's not. (laughs) Like what? what, How could they? How could they do it? It With like, I mean, obviously nobody's gonna see your face while you're typing this shit. Like, like (laughs) look at these these idiots are gonna have to try to figure out how to vote on this crap, and like you know they're sitting there smirking or laughing. I mean, but how can they do that to somebody?
0: (laughs) Wow. It's amazing, amazing indeed, Amaz- and amazing and, that they passed it, right? That, that so, means- high s- so our Amendment Seven was speed
1: rail and and retroactively for statutory reduced
0: criminal penalties and the um, ability for foreign residents to own property. It was it was like a triple combination. Oh, that's eleven. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, seven is- was death benefits for military spouses and state university funding. For our troops yeah, and for our
1: children. Those things don't belong together. <laughs> no. um, foreign residents to own property. That,
0: Wrapped into high that speed rail.
1: Do, yeah, that. It's. Wow. I mean, we we get into this a lot, you know. Can't make this up. It's just so stupid. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> Where yep. does this come from?
0: Wow. See, and there were there were a couple here in New Hampshire that uh, people were excited about um, because the in New Hampshire, they passed like the uh, right to privacy is now enshrined in the Constitution. So it was like, oh, yeah, now it's enshrined in the Constitution. We actually have a right to privacy um, as well as taxpayer standing to sue the state. So if you pay taxes, you now have standing to sue the state. I go, man. I'd rather not pay taxes and then not sue the state. (laughs) Why is everyone excited about this? Why not just not pay taxes and then don't worry about them? You know, they're like, Oh no, this is a good one. That means if you pay your taxes, you can bring a lawsuit against the state. I go, but I don't pay my taxes. Like, uh, I don't want to bring a lawsuit. I don't want them to even know about me. Like, let's, let's keep this on the DL that I'm even here. You know, right. Well, and
1: and you, what what does sue the state mean? I mean, sue taxpayers.
0: Yeah, get your you some know, of your own money back. It's, uh,
1: I I don't I don't want to sue the state. I want to sue the cops. Okay. You know, the individual cops, you know, when they when they hurt somebody, they should they should lose their job and lose their house. Uh, maybe they wouldn't hurt somebody if, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if there was consequence. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm not you, saying there shouldn't be people uh, you know helping people defend uh, you know life and property uh, against other you know, against aggressor aggressors um, and I don't even care what they call themselves cops or not um, or the police five um, oh, them yes yeah. one time but um but yeah but to put that responsibility on on taxpayers, <laughs> you know, if they screw up, I think it's wrong. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's not just a badge; it's a, it's a shield. <laughs> it's, a, it's a political shield. They can do whatever they want and not get not get hurt from it.
0: There was one point in time when I was like when I was trying to uh, put together my uh, anti-cop police uniform that I was like I was gonna get an official badge made uh, back in Hawaii. And so I, I had, like, I had it all designed. I was, like, ready to go. And then the company that made it was also the company, like, contracted to do all the badges for the cop, like, for all the police departments. I went, oh, right. Never mind then. Like, not that I didn't want to give them my money, but I didn't want, like, my badge to get seen by that company. And then, like, they informed the cops that, you know, there's this dude walking around with this, you know, anti-cop badge and then, you know, becoming a target. You know, but, but, you know, but that would have been fun. Um, But yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's a shield because they, they don't have responsibility. And even when they're wrong and they get in trouble, right. It's, it comes out of the taxpayers. So now the taxpayers have standing. I'm wondering is if, if someone sues the state and wins as a taxpayer now on the hook for footing the bill, can you sue the state so that you don't have to pay your portion of that, that payout? And then what would happen if all the taxpayers just sued to not have to pay out for that? (laughs) I wonder wonder what that cascade effect would look like. That'd be funny, too.
1: Okay, so my mind was blown. What's next?
0: (laughs) Here's another mind-blowing one, then. Let's do this one, the other dumb stuff that government does. D.C. bureaucrats are trying to make parents get a license to let children play together. Let's say, reading into the article, let's say, You and some of your friends decide to gather your young children together a couple of days a week for a few hours of free play. Maybe you switch off who leads the gaggle of kids each week, allowing for some shared free time and flexibility. Sounds like a great arrangement for all, right? Your kids get to play freely with their friends and you get some occasional free babysitting. According to government officials in Washington, D.C., Arrangements like this are violations of the law. They are cracking down on what they call illegal child development facilities operating without a license. Uh, The regulation of the play date. Back in the 1970s, a group of parents got together to create an informal playground for toddlers in D.C. in a spare room of a local church. Over the last 40 years, groups of parents and their two-year-olds have enjoyed these three-hour playgroups, which children can attend up to three days a week. The playgroups are staffed by parents of the kids who attend, and they take turns who's watching the children. Uh, there is no paid staff. According to a recent Washington Post article written by Karen Lips of the Network of Enlightened Women, some D.C. government officials are trying to regulate the program, which they contend is an illegal childcare facility. The Office of the State Superintendent of Education investigated the playgroup cooperative in early September and issued a statement saying the group is violating child care facility laws and must get a license to operate. The parents are rightfully outraged, arguing that this is an informal parent-led playgroup that should not be regulated as a child care facility. Government officials argue that the playgroup doesn't qualify for an exemption as an informal group, because the parents, over the years, have established some simple rules for participation, including stating that parents can't bring contagious children to the playgroup and asking for emergency contact information. As a homeschooling mom, I host groups of children at my house all the time, sometimes with their parents, sometimes without, and my friends reciprocate. I have the same rules as this D.C. playgroup. Don't bring a sick kid to my house. Tell me if they have any food allergies or medical issues, and give me your phone number in case of emergency. Oh, and take off your shoes. Gross overreach by the state. Could the government crack down on these types of playgroups arguing they are not informal because of basic expectations for health and safety? Or are parents so incapable of voluntarily determining health and safety expectations that the government must do it for them? The state does not need to insert itself into all aspects of private life. Parents are competent enough to create voluntary associations with other parents that benefit their children and themselves. As Lips writes in her article, Ironically, if the Office of the State Superintendent of Education has its way and is allowed to regulate this playgroup out of existence, it would be creating a disincentive for parents to self-regulate, as a playgroup with no safety rules would presumably be on stronger legal standing. If the parents of the D.C. playgroup were wary of its operations or procedures, they wouldn't join the cooperative. Parents are highly capable of making judgments regarding their children's well being without government meddling. The DC Council is currently deliberating on what to do with this longtime parent cooperative and similar playgroups. The fact that the Council's involved all should concern everyone. This is a private, parent organized group that has operated just fine for over four decades without the Council's help. The government should leave parents alone and focus on more pressing responsibilities. Lips warms. Uh, this regulatory encroachment could be the district's first step toward broader government overreach in this area and the crowding out of voluntary associations from nanny shares to babysitting co-ops to regularly scheduled time to play at a public park. The office of the state superintendent of education investigators could find new opportunities to crack down on the voluntary ways that DC families approach playtime and child care for their children in DC and elsewhere. Government officials should stay clear of telling parents what to do or how to organize. We don't need a license to let our children play. Uh, summing up from the end there, uh, what are your thoughts on this, MC? Does government need to be involved on playdates?
1: Mm, I, I was um, once a, a constitutionalist, so I think the government should be, if if we have a government, it should be pretty small. <laughs> Like so small that I wouldn't know, even know it was there Um
0: I do agree that if that were the case, there would be less anarchists. I like sure. to hold out hope that I would still be one, but I see your point right yeah. if there, i mean you know.
1: i mean i I didn't know until until i mean the the military industrial complex is what really turned me around. I was just like, wow, it's um so yeah, that's how went. I went down the rabbit hole. I guess everybody's got their own thing. Um, you know, for for some people maybe it's maybe it's because the government won't let their children out to play without a license. I mean to finally realize like wow, this is a uh, this is really deep. Um, but probably not. <laughs> probably they'll, they'll just have to uh, uh you know, find somebody to to vote for that will make the license easier to get. <laughs>
0: This is also the type of, of small encroachments, right. That lead to the bigger ones. Like they said, they, they get involved in this play group thing. And then, you know, like the article said, broader overreach in the area and crowding out voluntary associations. So like, you know, the, what is it? the, The office, oh man, I can't remember the office name. The office of the state superintendent of education, right. Has nothing better to do, right. And once they oh, get yeah. their, their wiggle nose in this one, then they'll find something else to do, uh, to get involved with. Cause you know, they, they Hey, they're on the clock. They got to get some work done. Um, and it and can't be just leaving people alone and going about their business. And if you right. can put an end to the co-ops and get all those students, you know, inside of a classroom somewhere where they can be like molded into the government drones that they produce well then more power to them. Right. Like, you know. And the, and the more they crack down, the more of that they can, they can make happen. As long yeah. as people go like, well, you know, uh, they, they crack down and, and what can we do about it? You know? Yeah. Uh, that's well,
1: one of the biggest reasons for me of not having all these bureaucrats in a, in some type of government agencies because they, uh, they might not have, have anything better to do. Um, it, it, i've mentioned this before at the sec like 50 percent of the web traffic was was porn uh, <laughs> i mean they at least found something better to do than their job uh that didn't hurt other people um but in in cases like this uh, clearly they don't have anything better to do but uh getting involved in other people's lives that that they're not needed there um but um yeah it's even even cops like in, in japan Like they had too many cops and there's not enough crime. So the cops would sit around and and think of ways to entrap people, park a car and put a purse on the, on the, on the dashboard and
0: and sit there and wait until somebody takes it. You know? Yeah. I mean, they did it in like bad neighborhoods too. They left a box of Nikes out on a truck. Right. Just trying to get kids to steal it.
1: Right. Um, completely pointless waste of time. (laughs) Um, and and wrong. Um you know there's there's much better things to do than than do that. I mean, go out and meet the kids, you know, buy them a pair of Nikes. Yeah. It'd be cheap it'd be cheaper than a you know, $30,000 operation, a sting operation to catch kids stealing uh Nikes, you know. And then and then and then house them after you catch them. Prosecution and, then, and housing expenses. And then, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. It's just
0: it's it's insane. But you know what? They have nothing better to do. They have to justify their jobs. They have to go out there and catch criminals, right? I don't know. I don't. I hate. I hate stories like this when it like it affects the kids because the kids, you know, where wherever they end up, right? The likelihood is that they're learning uh, conformity to the state, if nothing else, right? If they break it, if they break up the community, and they say, you know, like, well the state's office superintendent said they had to break up. Well, then, you know, then they know who's in charge, right? If they get put into schools, then obviously they know who's in charge. Um, I seen one uh, picture or article or whatever. Uh, It was like, I'm, it was like a little card or something that uh, kids get to carry around. So like, I'm a free range kid or something like that. It's basically like a permission slip to explore the world. Right. Am I making that clear? I don't know if I'm explaining that right. It's like a little business card. Okay. So uh, like if someone goes like, oh, are you lost little guy? You know, the kid can whip out the car and say, no, I'm a, I'm a free range kid. I'm allowed. I'm my parents allow me out. Um, and I just, I looked at it and I go, man, what a, what a terrible world it is that that has to be like a thing, you know, like there are certain things that I'd rather not be things and a little card explained that you're allowed to be out and about, um, it's so stupid to me, um, but it's just, it it's because of government crackdowns, government overreach like this, that things like that have to become necessary, right? The, the signs, you know, on, on the car window, like, you know, my dog's in here and it's the AC's on and he's all good. So some asshole copper, even some like goody two shoes, you know, citizen or whatever doesn't smash the window out. Just, you know, if it's not yours, just leave it alone, man. Like (laughs) what, what happened to property rights and don't mess with my stuff. Like, can we, can we have some more of that? You know, even if you're for individual liberty and individual freedom and you put yourself in a position where like you're not dependent on the state, one little iota, uh, you know, the mere fact that you're not a hermit and you have to interact with society means you're going to run into some douchebag, you know, at some point in time that still thinks that they have the right to control you. And then what do you do? Right? Like, do you, do you call the cops? Because I don't I don't want to deal with them either. Do you put him down? Well, now now the cops are definitely on his side. i uh, just a it's a tough situation to be in, all around, and worse for the kids. Anything else?
1: Nope. All right, got four minutes. <sighs> I'm
0: trying to think which one I could do pretty quickly. Might have to. We might we might stick with the the parental things because the other three are pretty intense and long. All right, three quick reasons parents shouldn't force their kids to share toys. Because you know what's funny about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my story first since we're running short on time. Like my mom knew this. Um, be, I, I I think it's partially because um, my sister is only my half sister, so we didn't grow up together. Uh, But all the important toys, there are always two of everything. Like one for me and one for her, because god damn it, it, don't touch my stuff. Um, I don't make my kids share their toys. I arrived at this decision carefully after careful consideration. Unfortunately, that decision isn't an easy one to discuss with other parents, mostly because it appears that my stance endorses selfishness. Nothing could be further from the truth. Like many other parents, I think it's very important to teach kids to share. I just don't believe toys should be the ground zero of sharing that many make them. Here's why. Number one, it's unnecessary. Giving your child a sibling is the best way to teach them about sharing. <laughs> your kids learn quickly that their world doesn't revolve around them and requires no extra pedagogical effort on your part. Siblings grow up together uh, have to share all sorts of things, from food to the best spot on the sofa to the right to choose which bedtime story you'll read first. Moreover, siblings share... Uh, have to share the most precious resource of all, their parents' attention. Basically, the lessons about sharing is already covered in their upbringing, so toys don't need to be brought into the equation. Number two, it reduces friction. If your kids have absolute ownership of their toys, they will be far less fighting in your home. If my daughter takes one of my son's toys and he objects, I tell her to give it back. It's It's that simple. Dissension is not tolerated. Most parents will agree that listening to their kids squabble with each other is one of the most annoying parts of parenting. One of the chapters of Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules to Life, is titled Don't Let Your Kids Do Anything That Makes You Dislike Them. He describes how allowing a child to engage in annoying behavior will cause parents to start resenting him or her, and the parents will gradually become less loving. That's bad for everyone. Some parents tell me their children have so many toys they don't remember what belongs to who. Don't allow that situation to develop in your house. Parents should regularly prune their kids' toy trove, preferably while they're not home. Keep only toys they play with regularly. Throw away anything that's broken or has missing parts. Other toys can be put into storage so they can be appreciated in the future. That may sound like too much work, but the alternative is to continually referee your kids' fight about toys. Number three, it's better for their social skills. When we think of kids who won't share, we think of some red-faced little brat yelling, mine. That's not how it has to be. My kids know the other isn't obligated to share, so they are learning to work out compromises. Recently, my daughter wanted to play with my son's Fisher-Price airplane, so she offered to let him hold her stuffed penguin. They were both satisfied with the transaction, and they learned a lot more than if they had if I had coerced them into sharing. All of this is well and good for siblings, but what happens when little Johnny comes over for a playdate? Playdates are a completely different matter and require a bit more parental involvement. When another child is coming over, I sit down with my kids and talk to them about being good hosts. I ask them which toys they'd like to let the other children play with. I also ask if there are things they'd like to hide in the closet so guests won't see them. It's usually easy for me to guess that the current, most beloved toys will head for a stay in the closet. This arrangement enables my daughter to excitedly offer her toys to her guests with little risk of squabbling. In essence, sharing is great and something that needs to be taught to young children but we are going about this lesson the wrong way. Would we teach them to be more generous, settle squabbles on their own and establish better social skills. If we didn't use toys to teach the sharing lesson, uh, no, no kids for you, uh, MC, as far as I know, um, I've only got the one son that I barely talked to you. So your thoughts on, on this, uh, or sharing in general, you know, like why, why do I have to share with anybody if I don't want to?
1: Well, you don't, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's great that you don't, um, damn socialist. Yeah, I think uh I, th- I think there's some definitely some uh, valid points here and uh and and especially with with kids they're they're uh they're not stupid. Well, I mean, they can do stupid things, but um they're in- incredibly resilient and resourceful and uh you know, part it's part of learning is is figuring out how to do things on your own, so yes. Um, yeah, I think uh
0: I think it's a good article. All right, final thoughts then? Because we're we're over time now. Nope, I'm done. All right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. AnarchistExperience.com, Facebook.com slash AnarchistExperience. Uh, More show prep in the groups, Facebook.com slash Groups slash AnarchistExperience. On the Twitters, Twitter.com slash TheAnarchistExp. And Mines.com slash TheAnarchistExperience. Did I get them all? Because I feel like that list gets longer every week. Oh, and Gab's back up and running. So, you you know, if you want to be there, be there as well. (laughs) There's no, I don't have a page set up for that, uh, but I do have a profile there if you want to find me there. Because why the hell not? If there's an alternative, I want to be a part of it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you all next week. Oh, Patreon. Page, like, not not that you even donate or care, but patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Now, thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace.